Playlist shuffle. Here we go. Oh shit! Yo, Mike check, Mike check. Switch. Yeah, here you go. Well, nah, he, he over here. Yeah, I heard he got that hot new thing. It's called Switch. Let's get it going. Welcome to the Grit Podcast. I'm your host Matthew Sky Osborne. Thank you for coming back and listening. Uh, we're back this week again with my gracious co-host Leah. We're gonna call it here in a second. We're gonna go ahead and get a few things out the way. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, and you can follow us on Instagram uh, at the Grip Podcast and Facebook at the Grip Podcast. And uh, I'm on Twitter as Matthew Sky Oz O Z. Uh, don't do a whole lot of posting on Twitter. If you listen to the podcast, you heard me, you know, complain about that. Um, <clears throat> we're trying to grow the podcast. So um, if you if you're listening to the podcast and you enjoy it, uh, please share it on your social media. Tell a friend about it. Uh, you're welcome to repost anything that I post. Um, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Um, we want to you know share the uh, you know conversations we have because we, we do feel that what we're talking about are very important things and they would you know better humankind and uh, you know help people learn and, and, and improve and become better human beings. Um, you can also get your be humane wristbands at s k y e n t dot live l i v e. They're five dollars and uh, I think one dollar shipping, so six bucks total. Uh, the point of the Be Humane wristband is for you to wear it and it to be a conversation starter. Hey, what's that? Uh, this is my Be Humane wristband. What does that mean? And you get to tell them what your Be Humane issue is, whether that's police brutality, racial injustice, systematic racism, uh, civil rights, uh, gay rights, um, it, anything, global warming, uh, being humane to animals. Um, it's just be it's, it's supposed to be a conversation starter. It doesn't have to be one thing. It can be it can be whatever your be humane issue is. Hope you enjoyed that. I really do like this song. I, I love Will Smith music. I am a fan. I'm glad this came up and not something embarrassing. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, I do the playlist shuffle at the beginning of the podcast now, which is basically I go into a playlist I have and hit shuffle. Whatever comes up, comes up. And it's supposed to be really revealing and, you know, kind of some insight into uh, music I'm listening to. I'd do this with Leah if I could get her playlist over the phone, but I can't yet. Oh, just transition right into another song. So that's that. Let me fade this out, and we're going to go ahead and uh, call Leah and get this uh, show on the road. Just a second here. Hope everybody's having a good uh, Sunday. Uh, It is the month of March. I'm going to go see Captain Marvel later today. I'm a big comic book fan, if those of you don't know. Um, More DC than than Marvel. Um, So... That's that. I can still enjoy um, Marvel movies for what they are. You know, just a good time. Good storytelling. You know what I'm saying? I know what I'm saying. 
But do you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Daylight saving time. Hello. Good morning. Morning. How's you, it going? It's going good. I just got an alert on my computer that said daylight savings time tomorrow. I did not what? know that. <laughs> Is it really? Really, yeah. Uh, I'm was glad it, you mentioned that. Right? <laughs> I mean, I know your phone will automatically, like, you know, update. Yeah. But um, was it spring forward, fall back? Yes. So <laughs> A lot of people have not heard that. Oh, right, so you know that. That's how you, I keep it straight. Yeah, spring forward, fall back. So we are one of many gyms I have to offer. <laughs> yeah. So we're moving an hour forward tomorrow. Yeah. So what? It would be ten. So we, so we lose an hour. We lose an hour. That's always nice. sad over that. I always hate that, right? <laughs> I'm always sad over that one hour. I know. So just down the drain. <laughs> yeah, but like we're so screwed up. Like how, I don't know how long this was going on. Like our whole lives, obviously. Right. Like ah, I lost that hour. Like did you? I mean, you did, but, you know. <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things, yeah. I think you're going to be fine. But you always like, you know, back when you get that uh, spring forward fall back, when you get that extra hour in the fall, doesn't it just feel like you just won something? Like, yes. <laughs> like you defied, I don't know, something, how the universe works. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, got you. <laughs> what now? <laughs> Got that hour. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So I'm really proud of myself, man. I, I really got this, I think, intro thing down. When you go back and listen to it, you'll hear it. I'm like, yeah, Yay. man. I feel real organized calling you right on the dot. <laughs> you know? Is this a new feeling? It just feels good. <laughs> well, congratulations. And I feel like I ruin it every time I talk about it, you know? Like. <laughs> I had this like super nice professional intro, and then I go over here and rant about it. Me rocking it, (laughs) doing such a great job. Like I thought this was a this a professional podcast. What is this? Oh my gosh! Whatever I wanted to be. Right. I'll talk about my accomplishments, however large or small, for as long as I want to. Yeah. Hey, something else funny. Um, real quick is I'm, I'm, I want to change the cover. Of, we're recording, by the way. You know, <laughs> I know. Yes, yes. <laughs> I know. You just assume that. <laughs> uh, um, obviously, Matt. Um, I uh, I'm thinking about changing the cover of the podcast again because okay. it feels so weird because it just obviously started out with me, and um, so you got my big face plastered on there. And then like this <laughs> tiny picture of you there. I'm just like, yo, that doesn't feel right. Well, I mean, it's just for now. So you know, like, I'm just like get some photos. You know, I'm you maybe you could call me a feminist. My wife does sometimes. And I'm like, yo, man, you know, we're equal, right? <laughs> we should have an equal amount of the photo. Right? I'm just like this giant. We should have more. To balance things out. <laughs> hey, but whoa, oh. whoa, but I'm black. Oh, so I oh. do I get a little back? Do oh. I? Get... It's intersectionality wars. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna win? And you're like, but I'm Chinese. I have Chinese, so and then like it, the rope goes back your way a little bit. I'm like, whoa, oh. but 
I was born in Don't this. Don't make me play this game, man. <laughs> I, I was born in this class of society. So I had this much money growing up. Blue collar. <laughs> what now? But I was poor. But. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> we could do that all day. <laughs> they call that um the oppression olympics the right? oppression when people olympics. do that for real you know <laughs> like they're trying to like one up each other <laughs> like, okay okay, okay. We're, we don't need to play the oppression olympics here <laughs> Funny, i've never heard that <laughs> oh my gosh we'll battle out for this the square inches of the photo later, of the photo okay? later take this up later well I, I i did come up with a with something and i'll send it to you later uh just an okay, idea awesome. And, you know, that's that. Because, like, in my head, I'm like, you know, this podcast is going to take off and we're going to, like, travel around the United States and, like, do lectures and talk about this stuff <laughs> at, like, colleges. And they're going to have our podcast photo up there. And it's going to be this giant picture of me and this little picture of you. And so it's I like, fix this before I get blasted. Before I get blasted because I'm going to be up there. And, like, I can just imagine all the women just sitting there like, uh, Matthew, um, so you're this Mr. Be Humane guy in this equal – why is your picture you call yourself so big? A feminist, huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> Black Twitter's gonna drag your ass. Yeah. You're not even on Twitter. Oh <laughs> man. They're just gonna <laughs> Black Twitter's gonna tear me up. That's funny you know about Black Twitter too. <laughs> I love Black Twitter. <laughs> like, they're gonna tear me up, man. Not just gonna this this you know what? This is a great segue into our conversation. <laughs> Because black Twitter is going to hashtag black Twitter t- <laughs> dragging <laughs> black Twitter is going to tear me up for a number of reasons and they're all stereotypical. But don't. Oh, oh my gosh. Too funny. I'm like crying already. <laughs> what? Five minutes into this. I was thinking this morning I've had this like hacking cough all week. I was like, I know this is going to be. Matt's going to have me crack it up on this episode, and I just hope that I don't, <laughs> like, <coughs> see, here it comes, go into this, like, hacking cough. So I'm going to try really hard. Yeah, but and your I camera's on the way, I too. I know, right? I probably should have brought my bag of cough drops over here. That's actually not a bad idea yeah. in case I go into a fit of coughing. <laughs> yeah. Just warning, everyone. Yeah. Um, so oh, maybe, my gosh. Maybe this will be a lighter episode. Um well, I, it kind of feels that way already. Um, where, uh, how'd you say? I don't even know. We didn't really come up with a with a like title for it, but we were going to talk about. We've been talking about racial fetishes and racial stereotypes, sexual stereotypes for like the last three episodes, kind of. Right. And then we were talking yeah. the other day, like you were saying, and like, hey, why don't we share our personal experiences? Right, because you mentioned there were a lot of things that. Um you had personal experiences with that kind of came to mind in our last episode that you didn't share, you know, partially because you were being super feminist and letting me like talk. Yeah, I felt like you had <laughs> things to say. I always have things to say. <laughs> like a typical woman. <laughs> you gotta just get in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we were like, should we talk about these personal experiences? And I was like, yeah, let's do this. Who doesn't like to hear people's, you know, yeah. dating stories slash personal experiences? And we were talking about how, you know, I think sometimes people might 
here, especially white folks that aren't familiar with some of these ideas that we're talking about or not mm-hmm. very familiar, what might want to put these things like, you know, like someone being racially fetishized, put them into this category of, well, that only happens, that, that happens rarely, or that's only like extreme cases or something, you know, whereas really these things are operating pretty like, I don't know, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty common. It is real common. And so, yeah. yeah. And so I think we were just talking about how us talking about um, our experiences might kind of bring it home to people that these things are a lot more common than maybe we would want to think that they are. So, yeah. And for me, this is going to be reminiscing um, I know. a whole lot. Like you're still kind of in the dating scene, right? Uh, yeah, I am. So this is like, this is like live. This is like what's happening kind of, I mean, I'm sure I'm obviously you're going to talk about some things in the past, but you know, you're still out there. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's happening. It's happening. And you know, like fresh off the press. I, I kind of live vicariously through some of my friends who uh, still date. And like, I've even <laughs> offered to be like, Hey, can I be your wingman? You know, like, let me come out with you. Cause like, I loved dating. Like, um, well, you know what? I say that now because, you know, you always rewrite history. Or at least right. I always do in my head. Like, I, I kind of romanticize my, my past thoughts sometimes. I'm like, you know you know what? I remember being single and, like, man, I wish I was in a relationship, you know? Right. But then when you're, and then when you're in a relationship, <laughs> you're like, oh, dating was so fun. Oh, dating was awesome. Like, no, it wasn't, man. Like, I remember being, like, miserable a lot. And I'm I, I'm sure this is not what's happening to you. Okay. No, it, I mean there are parts of it that can be fun, but I would say for the most part it's really frustrating. Yeah, you get I, like these really shitty experiences, and you're just or you get disappointed. You think something has potential, and then somebody gets crazy on you, and you're like, "Well, fuck that one." Another one down the tube, you know. So it is. I mean, there is yeah. a lot of can you uh, there's excitement but there's a lot of frustration too can you you know clip my toenails later leah <laughs> i really it. appreciate that my friends have so been teasing me about that <laughs> is that what he said <laughs> give me a manicure yeah give me a manicure <laughs> why right? i mean you're chinese that's what you do like, right <laughs> you think these folks are like cool they're you know whatever have these successful careers and they come out with shit like that and you're like my my cousin always says swerve oh (laughs) swerve okay (laughs) like miss that one you know miss that accident and so anyways yeah so i mean it is there is excitement but yeah there's definitely a whole lot of just stupidity that goes along with it too and i think especially as i get older um, you know, it's not like when I was in my twenties, the, the, the scene changes the older you get, I think. So which oh, that's a whole nother topic for another, another podcast. But yeah. yeah, I feel like the older I get, the more weird situations that I <laughs> encounter. So. Yeah. Um, so like, I think, um, just okay, let me say this for the record for everybody listening. Um, so my wife knows about all these stories. So like, I'm not going to be saying anything here. Like, Oh, I mean, you know, like he does wife. Yeah. My wife knows everything. Okay. I told her she knows everything about me. And the funny thing about it is, um, me and my wife were really good friends before we, before we got together and started, you know, um, dating or whatever. And so 
she was literally like my best friend. So I told her everything um, that was happening and like yeah. dating and all my story, like everything. And so like when we started dating, I would try to retract some of the things I said. Stop it. You know, and she was like, no, you can't rewrite history now. You know? that was a damn lawyer. Who do you think <laughs> <Right>? you are? <laughs> She's like, nah, man, you told me about that stuff. I'm like, I did, didn't I? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, no, that's awesome that you guys were such great friends first. I mean, I think that's, you know, ideally, for me anyways, like that's how an awesome relationship would start, right? Where you are just friends oh, yeah. and nobody's trying to impress anyone else or you know yeah just, not like, to get who you are yeah not to get corny but like that's probably one of the main reasons we ended up together because we both for the first times in our lives felt like we could be ourselves and that's right. like like there was no show you know like they say when you go out you put your best fist forward you, you hide things like I always felt like I could be myself and I didn't have to hide all my weird like quirks and things that you know my hang up just whatever it was i could just let it just just fly because she already knew it right she already knew she was still wanted to be with you right yeah yeah and like i've gotten yeah. more comfortable as i got older with all my little hang-ups and stuff like for example i'm a germaphobe um so like i carry a pack <laughs> of handy wipes with me everywhere i go that's awesome people know this like matt they're like matt you got a handy wipe if they ever need one yeah i'm like here here you go <laughs> You're like, see, you mock me, and yet here you are in need of my services. Need of my services. <laughs> <laughs> Who's winning now? Right. So, um, I don't know how you kind of want to start this. I was thinking, like, because my early dating experiences um, were more um, entertaining than, like, later in life. Um, okay. Or maybe not more entertaining, like... All the all the uh, like stereotypical things that we were um, perpetuating was fun for us. And okay. as I got older, as I got older, then like you know you mature and you're like like hey that thing was wrong or this that and you, life starts to change and you you know you think about things differently and things become more combative. Like I I don't know. Um, Do you want to walk us through that? Do you want to walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, okay. So this is, I'm just going to have to get over myself here. Um, I dated a lot. I was telling you this on the phone. Yeah. Um, I dated a lot and by a lot, I mean a lot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think you understand what I mean when I say a lot. <laughs> a lot. Now, and I'll, and I'll put this out there. That doesn't mean I was sleeping with every woman I dated. Okay. I don't want that to be the, uh, the, the, the thinking there. Um, yeah. I just, I, li I liked women and I like women. I still like, I love my wife. Okay. <laughs> and I've always gotten along with women more, better than men. And okay. um, Interesting. I don't know why I just have. And um, I, I do think, you know, as I got older, I kind of learned that um, guys didn't like me so much because I was good with women. Yeah, and the, I jealousy or whatever it was, and I'll 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 go out there and say this. What from what people have told me, the the word on the street is I'm an okay looking guy. 
And I didn't know that at first. And once I found that out, I obviously abused that and okay. used that to my advantage. And um, they did a lot. And I, it gave me more confidence, obviously, um, to, yeah. to deal with women. And so I, um, I just dated who I liked or, or went out with who I liked. And as you, as you move through that experience, you know, you, you, these things start to kind of seep in. Like we talked about the last episode, <clears throat> like I had a group of black friends and like I was saying, we would say that if they're not light or white, they ain't right. And yeah. like when you're young, you want to fit in and you want to be cool. Right. You know, it's so all like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Word, like truth. Like, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I did a lot of women. And like, as you kind of move through that world, you start to learn about like some of the stereotypes and things that like we always knew, for example, and forgive me if I offend anybody. That's not my intention with any of this. Like we knew that white women um, fantasized, most white women that we met fantasized about black men. Okay. And we were like, you know, we use that to our advantage. So wait, okay, hold on for a second. So yeah. how did you t tell us how you how you knew that? Would people make comments? You just picked up on it. Um, you could see it. Like I don't, I can't speak for the other guys, but I was always aware of when I thought a woman was into me, and that was i didn't use that like i was that's just being observant i guess i don't know and so yeah. i would see the way the white girls would look at us yeah and you know my mom always told me the people's eyes are the keys to their soul or windows to their soul and people's right. eyes never lie and so i would always i would see it and that's the only best way i could describe it is i would see the way they would watch us and they would hang around us and Body language, I think, speaks volume. I always um, say to myself and to people who know me, I'm like, people communicate with you even when they're not talking. People communicate all the time. People sure. communicate with body language. They communicate with things they say, things they don't say. I'm like, people are always communicating, whether they know it or not. Even when they don't know it, they're communicating. <clears throat> right. Right. But you, but you felt like that interest that was being expressed – that feeling coming from white women was different than from other women who were interested in you. Yeah. Like, um, so the black girls, um, there were fights <laughs> <laughs> because the black women in our school, uh, this is in high school. I'm talking like this is between ninth and 12th grade. Okay. Okay. And, um, the black girls didn't like a lot of the white girls, because of the obvious reasons, you know, they were, you know, stealing the black men, if you will. Yeah. You know? And so I, there was one uh, scenario where there was this girl that this black girl I dated for some time on and off uh, throughout high school. And um, I think our senior year, um, I don't know what she was doing, playing hard to get or whatever. So I was like, yeah, whatever. I moved on. And I started dating this white girl. And, when I did that, you know, she was, she got real upset and that was one of the fights that broke out. And I was like sitting back, like laughing. Oh, I'm no. like, I'm like hitting all my boys and they're like, yeah, look, they fighting over me, man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but then like, at the, like, I don't know at that age, like what's really playing out there. 
you know, because right. like when I think back about it, it wasn't just that black girl. It was her whole crew. And they went after the white girls. Right. And it was literally just like a black and white thing. And I, at that age, I had no idea what that was. What was underlying that? Yeah, all the underlying stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I had no idea how black women felt. Right. Like the broader context. Right. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that. But um, you were talking about how white women, like knowing that women were interested in you, but particularly white women. Yeah. Um, and we use that to our advantage. And like I would say things, stupid things to, to, to white girls like, you know. You know what they say about black men, you know, we packing, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I would use those like corny lines as a kid. Yeah. You know, to, to pick up white girls. Right. And like playing on those stereotypes. <clears throat> stereotypes and that those fetishes really. Yeah. Yeah. And I would use that to my advantage and they, I'm, I'm sure they did. And, um, that was all wrong and what it was, um, so as I got older, um, obviously you, you stop doing that and you become more mature. Um, but I, I do want to, I, I wanted to say that, um, me personally, I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for anybody else. Um, I dated all women. I dated all races or I attempted, like I was saying in our last conversation, I attempted <laughs> to date all, all races and, and cultures and, I never, I didn't discriminate. And one of the awful lines I had when I was, when I was young was I only discriminated against ugly. <laughs> oh. I was a bad kid, man. <laughs> so personally, I didn't care what you were. Yeah. I didn't care if you were white, black, Asian, you know, mixed. It, it, it didn't matter. Ooh. Uh, but we did kind of the, the lighter Here white thing. Yeah. We loved mixed girls. Uh, we we knew, thought knew that's where you were going. Yeah, we thought they were like angels sent from heaven. Uh, you know what I mean? Because it was just—I hate to say it, but like, damn it! Like from what I remember, they were the most beautiful girls. When we were kids, we were we were always like, they're so pretty. <laughs> But isn't that, isn't a lot of that, because as I was thinking back on this, I was thinking of my first week of college, and I didn't know about the, like, mixed girl fetish thing. Yeah. And I remember my first week, uh, my freshman year, <clears throat> some dude, we were in, like, freshman orientation or something, coming up and sitting by me, and all of a sudden, what comes out <laughs> of his mouth you know, after he asks about my my back my background, quote unquote, right? And he says, "Mixed girls are the prettiest." And I was like, Haha, "Thank you." Like I didn't know, but I at that time didn't know the context behind that. And I was just like, "Okay, that's weird." Like you're put you're you're not even. I mean, you are talking. He was talking about me <clears throat> yeah. in a like sideways kind of way, but to put us all in this category, you know. Um. So yeah, but like. D don't you think part of that, though, is just it's exotification, right? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. 
Um, and like, because I'm like, are we really the pre- uh, mixed girl? I mean, I'm th- throwing no. in that category, but are we really the pretty? I don't think so. No, anybody can be. I think it's that our numbers are in general smaller, and so we just, you know, and depending on the particular mix, we're we're quote unquote more rare, and so it's just an exotification thing. Like, I don't see someone who looks like you as often type of thing. Now, I know that's a little different with um, as far as numbers with like a black, black, white mix, because historically, right. you know, of the history there, but go ahead. <clears throat> no, you're right. Um, I was thinking that like they were rare. Yeah. We didn't see a whole lot of them. And when we did, you know, we were, we lost our minds. You know? <laughs> 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 they were always, so... it was so bad. Um, and let me just say for the record that, in my personal opinion, belief beauty is is more than physical. It, it's who you are and all that stuff that you may say is ridiculous or corny. Please um, refer to Matt, the grown up Matt's documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag real Ooh, beauty. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. For his current views on women and their beauty. Yeah, I don't want this to get twisted in any kind of way. Um, that is not what I think real beauty is. Um, but like I said, as a kid, they were so rare, we lost our minds. And and I'm talking like any mix. Like I remember one girl who was um black and uh Hispanic. Um, you know, there was uh I think uh what was she? I think she was um Korean and white or something. Um, but it was any mix. We we just we just lost our minds and we thought that they're I remember personally being kind of um, confused about mixed marriages. Like I had a one friend, obviously won't say his name, had a black dad and a, and a white mom. Okay. And I remember seeing that as a kid and I was like, That's, you can do that? Like, That's a thing? Because you don't know until you're exposed to something, you know, like you, right. things that you might think are normal and common. Like I hadn't seen it before. And I was like, that's so weird. Right. Cause this is in the Midwest, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is Ohio. Yeah. 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 I was like, that's so weird. Cause like, I don't think I saw that anywhere. Right. As a kid. Yeah. And no, that, that was, makes sense. Yeah. That was the one. And man, that guy's sister, like, <laughs> <laughs> everybody ah. wanted to date her. You yeah. know, yeah, and um, and the women love the guys. Like, uh, so I don't know how that works. I can't speak from a woman's perspective, but man, the women love those guys. He had a brother. Yeah, man, like they were like people just like worship them <laughs> <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. This is so like interesting for me to hear from. You know, like a teenage guy's perspective. Yeah. Because I I don't know if we've talked about I was like super sheltered, Mm -hmm. like super duper sheltered. I was homeschooled. So I wasn't even in like, I didn't get exposed to like any, we weren't allowed to date till we were out of college. I mean, like super duper sheltered growing up. And so, you know, I didn't, I wasn't aware of like, any of the, I was just super naive. Yeah. And so then, you know, I'm talking about like my f- first week of my freshman year of college, right? I'm getting hit with people coming at with men coming at me from this 
place and I have no idea what's going on. Right. Like, I don't even know how to date, much less understand. Like, like what are you saying to me? <laughs> other dynamics happening. So it would just be like awkward laughter and like <laughs> a weird look. And, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening. Okay. Nice to meet you. Bye. Yeah. Bye. You know, um, but it's interesting, like the whole, since you're talking about mixed, <laughs> mixed girls and I am mixed, Yeah, you know, like that's something that I feel like a lot of the white men I've dated over the years, and I'm sure this, this is not exclusive to white men, but that's where I feel like I've experienced this the most is this feeling that I'm being ex- exotified, like it's like they 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 have no understanding uh, or or little understanding of culture, right? The fact that like if you're gonna date me, this is gonna be an inter, it's not just interracial. This is gonna be an intercultural relationship. Like we are from different cultures. Like I was raised by my Chinese mother. Like with all that that yes, like I was raised in the U.S. But but I was still raised by by her with all the norms and culture of a Chinese woman. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but I get these guys who I think, um, you know, look at me and they're like, Ooh, you know, either they, you know, they think I'm pretty, whatever, but, but, or they, they're exotic. They're exotifying me. Did white guys hit on you? Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay. like all the time, but it's like they think I'm just like ex- like I, I get this feeling they think I'm like ex- exotic light, like diet, uh, like uh. like they can date me, and yeah, like maybe it's kind of interracial, but I'm like half white, and then my other piece is Asian, which a lot of people try to put that in the category of like it's like honorary whiteness or close to whiteness. So they think they're going to date me and they're going to get all the like exotic looks of someone who's not white, but they have no clue about navigating an interracial intercultural relationship. I don't even think some of them knew they were in that. Cause it's like, Oh, we're just, we're all American. She's Americanized. And I'm like, I would always joke with people like, okay, you can think that, but try to date me. You'll see the cultural differences start to come out, like, big time, like, yeah. when you date me. But I don't think a lot of them even knew that they were they were, they were were getting into an intercultural, like, the cultural part. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I was curious so, about that. Go ahead. Or, like, seeing me as I'm, like, an easier option, right? Like, so they want to date a woman of color, but it's not going to be like dating a black woman or it's not going to be like dating a la- Latina, right? That the cultural differences are ge- not really going to be there. Well, that was my next I'm... thing was the white guys in my school only dated white women. They didn't right. date any of the black girls or the mixed girls. Um, there, there's always an exception to that rule. Obviously, there was one right. guy who dated a black girl, one white guy who dated a black girl. <laughs> and, he ended up, and he ended up marrying her. You know, okay. that was like his high okay. school sweetheart. Um, okay. but yeah, the white guys didn't do that. Yeah. But we, I don't yeah. know why, but the black guys like we felt for whatever reason, like freedom and liberty to like, it's all for us. Like we can all, <laughs> you're like better for us. <laughs> yeah. And I, I can't, I can't tell you what that was, but I think it kind of plays back into what I, 
maybe what you were saying earlier, maybe like the fe- like fetishizing black men. I don't know. Like, it seemed like all women were interested in us, white, black, you know, mixed, but not Asian. But not Asian. <laughs> and that's the segue. I just that's a perfect segue because like I was sitting on the phone with you the other day. That was like the one like I I could never like I never got to really date Asian women and and that's because that's not for lack of trying. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which you know, like I told you the other day, that doesn't really surprise me. Yeah. Sadly. I had one of- date with one Asian, like I was telling you, I think, I can't remember what she was specifically, and I don't mean disrespectful, I'm not just blanketing on these. I don't know what her background was, so I just say Asian. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't remember what she was specifically, but I had one date with her, and it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, we went bowling, she wouldn't talk to me. I was like, why are you here? <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, that's super awkward. Yeah, Yeah, but like we were talking about, you know, sadly, that doesn't surprise me because of all the, I mean, anti-blackness in Asian, and again, I'm speaking generally, but Mm -hmm. in Asian communities is like, it's bad. I mean, anti-blackness, I think, is in all communities to some degree, right? It's global. It's around the world. It's in every community. Like, that's how pervasive white supremacy is. But Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think I see that. I, I, or not, I think I see that. I do see that. But what often. was it like? W- like, what like what's was behind it? that? What was the anti? Like, what was the, what was the conversation? What was the stereotype? What was like being shared? I mean, about it's, it's, us? it's the stereotype. It's all the worst stereotypes <laughs> of black folks that that Asian folks have internalized. Right, that blacks are. Black folks are lazy and criminal and don't value education and disrespectful. And, and, and that, I mean, it is internalized even in, you know, like I said, it's global, like even in Asian folks who are like live in Asia before they even, if they migrate here, like before they even migrate here, that is being ingrained in folks you know through movies through news like like the rest of the world a lot of the rest of the world really follows you know what i'm saying the u.s and our what's going on here and our hollywood right our news i mean because of the u.s's like influence and and um you know our place in the the hierarchy of countries right we're one of the most powerful nations in the world currently i don't think it's always going to be that way and so i mean that was something that always shocked me like when i was living in south africa i was like damn like i saw the influence all around me books uh movies tv shows and so people are internalizing it's all the same shit that people here internalize (laughs) okay right but they're internalizing that across the world and so, um, and I think a lot of those things that I mentioned, those stereotypes go against some of the most deeply ingrained, and again, I'm speaking very, very broadly here, but the most deeply ingrained, quote unquote, like Asian values, right? There's a high emphasis right. in Asian, most Asian cultures on respecting elders. I mean, that's huge, but I, and valuing education and, um, you know, there's kind of this, uh, don't, don't stand out, you know, like there's a lot of like 
Chinese proverbs and stuff that talk about because because Asia is those are communal societies, not individualistic societies. Mm-hmm. So in commun- communal societies, you your behavior isn't just about you and what's best for you, right? There's a huge emphasis on how this impacts your family and the community. And so one of those things is not standing out, right? Being obedient, being just getting along, whatever the expectations are, you just do what you need to do to get along. And um, so I think all that's being ingrained in folks and they're internalizing that, that so, anti-black bias and that, go ahead, go ahead. Right. So I, I, I can't believe I forgot this. Um, there was actually a um, Korean girl. Um, I think she was, I think she was from South Korea, uh, that I dated. She, I think, and I believe she was mixed. Um, okay. she was, I think, uh, South Korean and, and white, if you will. And, um, I, I dated her for a short period of time. I can't believe I forgot about her. Like I said, there's a lot of women. I mean, there's <laughs> okay. so many. <laughs> she got lost in the shuffle. She was really pretty. You know, <laughs> I'm going to hell. And, um, <laughs> So and I dated her um, on and off for some time, and it wasn't anything substantial. Um, I just thought she was pretty. We had nothing in common, <laughs> you know, because I remember going out to eat with her one time, and she was like, started spouting off all these like super Republican oh, no. points of view. Yeah. And she, I can't remember what she said specifically, but she said something about black guys or, or black men or black culture. And I was sitting there like, what? Yeah. And we're at this restaurant. I'm sitting across the table from her. And I was like, but, you know, I'm here with you. And it was that thing again. Of you're different than you're everyone different, else. Matt. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, I was like, my, that's like one of the first times that happened to me. Um, that was said to me and I, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Like at that age, I was probably like 22 or something. Yeah. And maybe even younger than that, 21, 20. And um, I didn't know what to do with that. I was like, oh, maybe I am different. Like I didn't, right. I didn't know what to do with Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> right, right, right. No. I you know, it, it was yeah. foul. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, maybe I am different, but I'm still black. And, and I never met her family. By the way, yeah, <laughs> right. You know, um, I, yeah. I think I, I, no, I don't think I ever met her family. I was like, maybe I met her brother once, um, but yeah, it obviously didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, this is this is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That no, that's really it. Um, I just okay. I forgot about her, and it didn't work out. We and she was super, um, Republican with her views, and when I when I mean when I say that is just. I hate the I'm not the blanket Republicans, but the the, the stereotypical narrative of Republicans is, is everything's right. pro white and right. anything not white is is wrong and or, or or whatever it is lazy criminal just all right that bullshit. Sure, sure, sure. Well, and I think another thing we need to do a whole. I know I say this all the time. I sound like a broken record, but we need to do a whole. I mean, I think it's on our list to do a podcast on this too, like anti blackness in Asian communities. But since we're talking about this, I won't go into the full thing. Mm -hmm. But I think another piece of that is um, not for, I wouldn't say for 
all Asian Americans, but I think there is more of a bend in Asian American communities, right, to kind of take the route of like survival through assimilation, right? Like, um, and I think that's part of the kind of like staying quiet, keep your head down, right? Just try to fit in. Republican? Right. As a, well, yeah. I, I mean, okay. yeah, try to fit in, which really means kind of like blend into whiteness, right? Okay. That's really okay. what that translates into. And I'm not saying this is all Asian Americans, but I do think in general, um, there's been more of that, like that approach to survival or uh, however you want to frame that, um, you know, whereas for, for black folks, obviously like how black folks ended up here <laughs> is very different of different narrative than how, than how a lot of Asian folks ended up in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like kidnapping and en- <laughs> enslavement versus, um, migration. I mean, there were a lot of Asian folks that came as like laborers and like in some probably indentured servitude form too, but still very different ways of, um, arriving (laughs) in the U S. And so I think, I I guess in my head, I'm just contrasting, um, Asian folks who migrate here, you know, looking for a better life and therefore, of course, they're going to be more along the lines of assimilating and seeing the U S as like this land of opportunity, you know, that I'm grateful for kind of thing versus like how black folks, arrived in the U S through what I mentioned, kidnapping enslavement and we're here and we're fighting for our rights. And so I think that, you know, there's a huge difference between those, um, historical narratives and, and that approach. And I think, I think, um, Asians maybe, you know, like look down on black folks sometimes yeah, for being loud and, you know, I'm, I'm obviously, saying this in quote unquote loud or violent or angry or why can't you just like stereotypes try to like you know why you're always protesting and causing trouble like why can't you just like get along or be grateful for what you have here you know that kind of thing um and there's also i don't want to forget this point i mean white folks and white supremacy have has intentionally driven wedges between Asian and black communities, like the divide and conquer thing, right? Right. Like the whole, I don't know if you're familiar with the whole model minority. I don't want to get too far off this on this bunny trail, but the whole model minority myth that emerged, I think in the sixties or seventies, I think sixties, I want to say, I could be a little off on my, my timeframe there, but are you familiar with the model minority myth about Asians? So it's, it's this myth that, Asians are the model minority, right? Like, like Asian folks have been able to be successful and, and become wealthy and assimilate. Um, how come the rest of you people of color can't do that? Mm -hmm. But that was like a myth that was created. Um, and, and it's not even true. Like there are a lot of Asians who are not doing well, like in school and not doing well financially, I think especially Southeast Asians in this country, but, but other Asian ethnic groups as well. Um, But that was a myth specifically created to further, to divide communities of color 
and to further oppress black folks, yeah. right? To hold up Asians, like, look, they can do it. What's wrong with y'all? Yeah. Right? And so there's all of that that is playing into this too, where Asians are kind of being played and, and don't realize that this is another tool and tactic of white supremacy. Yeah. Does that make sense? It, yeah, it does. Um, so this is a side note um, that um, is related but unrelated that okay. I always and you, you mentioned it and it's it's I think it's it's somewhat true. Um, and this is this is my um, understanding. This is my research. Um, I'm not asking you to co-sign this, okay? <laughs> um, but this is this is a battle that I've been kind of fighting here um, recently. Is the idea that all black folks have come here through slavery? Um, mm. I do think it's one of those things that the winners write the history. Sure. Okay. And yeah. um, I've done a lot of independent research as far as learning that all black people did not come here through slavery. Um, there's, there's evidence and records and proof that we were here before Columbus was here and that Africans were trading over here with uh, Indians. I mean, th this is definitely not an area I've researched, but I don't have any issue with saying, like knowing what I know about mm -hmm. migration to this country. I like, I don't have any problem saying, yeah, that's probably I like, I believe you. There's yeah. all kinds of migration patterns, you know, like we know the broadest narratives, yeah, like, but there's all kinds of migration patterns in all ethnic groups that don't fit into those narratives. Yeah. Does the, that make sense? Exactly. Like the idea is that black people were these like uncivilized, you know, animal like people over in Africa. And then, you know, the whites came and got us and brought and then like taught us. That's all bullshit. Domesticated. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's my research. Like I said, I know that's not taught you, anywhere. But you get the same narrative. I'm so glad you brought that up, though. You get the same narrative on the African continent. That yes. like Africa, the history of Africa started with the enslavement of African folks. Hell no. There were like major civilizations and inventions and like all there was all kinds of stuff activity and yeah like stuff going on prior to like the 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 slave trade beginning right right and but that's that's where whiteness decides to start the narrative right, right? because but that's yeah Anyway, so yeah, I'm so saying, I, I don't want to go down that crap. We can do yeah, that yeah, later, yeah, yeah. but I, I yeah. just I wanted to bring that up real brief because I don't want to perpetuate that yes. stereotype. Um, yeah, I don't even know if that, that would be for... a stereotype. Um, it's somewhat true, but I mean, some of us did yeah. obviously yeah. <laughs> get here through slavery. Um, no, but I think that's that's a really good point. I'm really glad that you yeah. brought that up. And one of the I'm things, really glad you brought that yeah, up. yeah, one of the things that I, this is one of the lessons I wanted to say about that real quick was, um, uh, they found a mummy, uh, and somewhere in Africa that I think was dated like a thousand years or something before Columbus got here, and the mummy had cocaine. Wow. Um. Within uh, the, in the tomb, and my understanding is that cocaine only grows in South America, right? So they're like, "Yo, how did he get cocaine?" <laughs> right. 
Right. They were no, sailing. I, I mean, I think, you know, there, there, were, there were obviously, like I said, tons of different migration patterns before what we consider or before, you know, that history was really being documented or it it is documented and that's just not what people choose to write about and focus on because columbus yeah there's even a note in christopher columbus's uh like journals or something where he said when he was in where was he in where's he in wasn't he in like haiti or somewhere (laughs) he wasn't like even in the united i forget where he was but he thought he discovered (laughs) but he thought it was like the americas yeah wherever the hell he was yeah, he. I there was a journal entry that he had where he said he saw dark skinned people, black people, when he right. arrived. Right, they were already here. I mean, and he wrote was, that, but they don't talk about that. I was talking to my friend um, about this a couple, a little while back, not that long ago, but how there's this group of um, like this ethnic group in, I think they're primarily in southern Africa called the San. And, or Khoisan, I think, is another uh, name for them. And they look super Blasian to me. Like, yeah. they're black folks, but they look Asian. They look they look like they're black and Asian. Yeah. And we were talking about that. You know, and I think there are groups of people like that around the world that somewhere, you know, before we're, we're, you know, way back in the day, there were these groups that were mixing in in large numbers, but we um, just don't talk about that. Or maybe that history is being hidden for a reason, or maybe it just hasn't been of interest to white folks who've been the main, yeah, the, that, that, the they're the main ones whose his, historical narratives we consume. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, yeah. So uh, that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. So that's um, that. Sorry, that. everybody. I, that's we we're trying to tame that our rabbit hole <laughs> conversations. <laughs> we have to have a few rabbit holes, don't we? We got. I think it's just For who podcast. we are. Um. So one of the last things I want to say that we talked about in our um our author off the record or off the podcast conversation was um. This is a rough segue. Um. Not maybe. I don't know. Where, um, I, as when I, okay, so when I ended up marrying my wife, um, obviously a a white woman and I had to then start to fight against stereotypes about black men and white women. Right. And, um, it's all the obvious stuff. Oh, Matt, you want a woman, a white woman because she's easy to deal with and she's not going to challenge you. Um, or you don't value yourself and you think white people are better mm, than black yeah. people. And um, every single stereotype that, that exists has been thrown at me uh, and her. And, uh, and then on my wife's side, you know, we would be out in public and she would get lots of dirty stares from black women. Yeah. And then black women would look at me and give me a look. And um, early on in our relationship, I was doing a lot of, I was uncomfortable um, early on. And I was doing a lot of uh, defending, you know, myself. um, Or I would even overcompensate at times my blackness, you know. Sure. To kind Uh, of try to prove you weren't. 
an Uncle Tom or a sellout, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, because I just wasn't comfortable with what was happening. I loved my wife and everything, um, all the obvious stuff, but I was still dealing with this other, um, you know, issue, if you will. Uh, the, all these stereotypes, and and after some time, I'm kind of jumping move through this really quickly. Um, I just said fuck it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm never going to convince everybody. I shouldn't have to convince everybody. And why do I even care? Why do so I even much? care? And yeah. I'm obviously at that point now, because um, I'm like, you, I can't. You're never going to know my motivation. I have to tell you my motivation. Um, if I choose to, you do what you want. And with even it. if I tell you, you may not believe me. <laughs> right. So yeah. I just had to say, for whatever, like forget it. Um, but that was a real kind of. I don't want to say it was a problem, but it was an issue that we both dealt with, yeah. um, and we are still kind of dealing with now with um, family. And I won't get real specific. <laughs> um. But there's there's just these weird stereotypes there, and um, I, I I look back on that now, and I do think that's very interesting um, because I ever just remember getting in arguments with people about with uh, black people who would try to uh, tell me who I was. Yeah, and I had a lot of fights with a lot of people about that. I'm like, how, like how are you act like? And see, I, I think I'm in a, I think I'm a smart guy, and so intellectually, it was really difficult for me to try to listen to someone tell me about myself. Yeah, I was like, how's this even? How's this conversation even happening right now? Yeah, like I'm, I'm befuddled. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, I can't tell you anything about you unless you talk to me. Right. Right. But you're trying to tell me all about who I am and what motivates me and my intentions. Yeah. And then the other parts of that that we kind of talked about, me and you, was like with um, some of my black friends and black um, associates and people I was around, you know, I had to personally fight against uh, some of the stereotypes. Like I come from middle class America and some of the black women didn't want to date me because they didn't think I was black enough. Right. I spoke too well. Yeah. And they looked at that like, oh, you're assimilating. Right. And I'm like, am I? Or am I? I just happened to be brought up in that area, and that's how I talked and spoke. Sure. But I that like, I I always tell people now. There's a song that I um have you do you listen to Jay Z ever? <laughs> Maybe uh... no. I mean, I listen to the radio a lot. I often okay. don't know who the actual artists are, though. So maybe I have. I don't know. But not specifically, I guess. There's this song Jay-Z has, and it's it's fairly new. And the song is called The Story of OJ. And okay. um, the, the chorus, oh, I wish I could play it for you. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to look it up because I don't okay. I don't want to I don't want to mess the words up. Um, okay. But. You're black no matter what, basically. And right. um, I feel like, uh, hold on one second here. I'm so sorry. Is it kind of going against that you're not black enough kind of thing? It, that's exactly what it is. And when Jay-Z okay. put this song out, I was like, yes, 
That's what I've been trying to say for years. Okay, yeah. here it goes. Lyrics okay. are light nigga, dark nigga, uh, real nigga, rich nigga, poor nigga, house nigga, field nigga, still nigga. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Still nigga. Yeah. And so yeah. I would get in these conversations with, in these arguments with black people where I'm like, yo, why are you fighting me? Yeah. At the end of the day, I, I'm going to get shot the way you get shot. Like, none of us is, like, safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, there, and this is another rabbit hole, and I'm not going down it, but <laughs> I don't know whatever your personal thoughts or feelings are about Michael Jackson, but I think you could argue that Michael Jackson's the most famous, one of the most famous black people to ever live. <laughs> okay, I don't yeah. care how much he bleaches his skin. You're black. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> They they come after Michael Jackson. Nobody's safe. <laughs> right. Okay? Like no black person is safe. Yeah. I, I get I get where you're coming from. And you know, this was kind of I mean, I also get that you can have folks that like you've mentioned the phrase like the Uncle Toms. Yes. Right. Because they exist those folks exist, right? The, the, the Sheriff Clarks. <laughs> Asshole. People that are seen as kind of like race traitors. Yeah. Right. That are, that are, that are caping hard for white supremacy in every way, shape and form. Right. Mm -hmm. So I get that that exists. Right. But I understand where you're coming from and I actually would kind of, got, I don't want to say got in trouble, but when I was in grad school, right, most of my cohort doing black studies, most of my cohort were black Americans. And there were a few times when I pushed back on things in the classroom and it didn't go over so well. Yeah, I can't imagine it did. <laughs> which, 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 which sometimes I deserve that. Sometimes it was ignorance on my part where I understood something, but not deeply, you know, I didn't understand something deeply enough yet. And I opened my mouth and stepped into a you know, pile of doo-doo. So sometimes I deserved it. Other times, I think often it was simply me coming from a different perspective, mm -hmm. right? I'm not black American. And that was one of the things when you were talking about not being black enough, that was something that was kind of triggering for me as a mixed race woman Right, because if there's one thing mixed race folks experience pretty much across the board. Yeah, you're neither. It's not being enough. We hear that. We experience that our whole fucking lives, right? Like, you're not enough of this part of your racial and ethnic heritage, and you're not enough of this side. You're yeah. never enough of any of your cultures to be fully accepted or fully fit in. And that's hard. Yeah. I mean, that's that's hard as fuck, right? To constantly be told, I mean, to be told in any area of your life that you're not enough, right? That's like damaging, but especially when it's your identity. Right. I mean, like I think of that as someone constantly telling you you're not man enough or you're not woman enough. I mean, it's it's just deeply damaging. So anyways, when that came up in 
the classroom, like somebody saying we were reading a book and somebody made the comment, well, this author, it was a black man, isn't black enough. And I was like, I have problems with this phrase. Right. Like because this person was not I don't think this person falls in the category of like Uncle Tom type thing. I think it was more they didn't see this person's um, stances as radical enough, mm-hmm. right? They're anti-racist, whatever, as like being radical enough. So that's what they meant by, I think that's what this person meant by saying they're not black enough. But mm-hmm. that was like super, you know, like I said, triggering for me. Not like I went off on that. I don't mean triggering in that way, but I was just like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so like who, you know, so I kind of like stepped into this discussion of, who gets to decide right. who is whatever enough? Right. Like the racial police. Yeah. Right? Like going around, well, let's see. Do you get to keep your black card? Do you get to keep your like eight Chinese card? Like are you enough? Like who gets to decide yeah. what those standards are? So I, I guess I'm – I don't know. Like I understand where people are coming from sometimes and making those comments, but mm-hmm. I also – disagree to a large extent with the premise of that. Yeah. And this um, is um how this is how bad that affected me, just to give you an example. I I wasn't sure I want to marry my wife because she was white. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had and she knows this obviously. Um and she asked me to talk about it. Um Okay. So when I fell in love with her, it was like this huge tug of war with myself because people to this day look at me weird and talk to me weird like because I'm so um, pro-black. I'm so, you know, I, I have these conversations. I'm so all this, you know, Black Lives Matter and, and what I am. And I'm yeah. vocal about who I am and I'm proud of who I am. But then they see a white woman sitting next to me. And they're like, what? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. They they can't connect the dots, and so um, I did. I wasn't sure I wanted to marry her, and I had this like I had this out with my mom and myself, you know. And I'm just like, you know, I can't do this. Like, I yeah, I can't do this. Like, like deal with this judgment and my whole life. And like, and internally with myself, I'm like, how can I believe what I believe and have the feelings I have about how black people are treated and what white people have done to them that turn to marry a white person. Like, yeah, it was it was it was attacking, you know, my <laughs> the love I had for her was being attacked by all these, you know, societal things. Yeah. And I obviously made the right decision, um, but it was it was hard and yeah. I, I fought with it for a while. And my wife didn't know what I was dealing with because everything was working at the time, you know, when we were kind of dating. And she said there was a period of time where I kind of got quiet and yeah. I um she said she was going to wait around. She didn't know what I was waiting on, like I said, or what I was trying, what I was trying to figure out. But she was like, I was waiting around to see what you were going to do. And I knew mm. that you were like in some kind of holding pattern, Struggling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but didn't yeah. know what I was dealing with. And, um, that was, that was rough for me because I had like as a kid and a, well, maybe more so a teenager and a young adult, I had these like fantasies in my head where I was like, man, I'm going to marry this beautiful black woman and we're going to have these amazing kids and we're going to be like Afros. It's like, it's going to be amazing. Right. 
the life yeah, obviously yeah afrocentric like all this yeah. stuff man we're gonna go to africa it's gonna be amazing right and then my wife shows up you know and i'm like as life does like it never goes right <laughs> ever the way, the way you, that you, you want it to. Right, 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 right. Um, but I just wanted to say that to point out how difficult that was for me, um, you know, marrying a, um, a white woman. And But the funny thing about it is, man, have I grown and learned a lot from being in this relationship. Yeah. And I think I've grown in a way that I don't know that I would have um, if I was in a comfortable black marriage. And yeah. I don't know how that sounds. And I'm sure if this ever blows up, I'll get shit for saying what I just said. Um, <laughs> because I think somebody would try to twist that and say, you all, what you're trying to say, a black marriage isn't valuable. No, I'm not saying that. Um, well, I'm saying if you're, if, if you're ever, in, if you're always in your comfort zone, you know, with, with whatever it is, um, you're not being pushed. And so by right. being in this marriage, I've been pushed all kinds of ways. Yeah. I'm getting attacked by my people, by white people. It's, I'm getting it from every angle. Yeah. And it's made me a, a stronger person. Sure. And I mean, you know, being in, I mean, like I said earlier, like people don't realize often, like when I was talking about the white guys, like trying to date me and it's not again, exclusive to white men, but not realizing all the different factors that go into intercultural relationships like i think in this country because of our history we have this massive over focus on race right on people's physical mm -hmm. racial appearance and we almost never talk about culture right and so like once you get past the 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 what comes with racial difference in almost every single case is cultural differences, right? Mm -hmm. And that stuff runs deep. And I think, you know, we've talked about this a little bit. So that's what I was hearing when you said being, and I know a little bit more about you, right? We've, we've, yeah. we've talked some now and, and talked some off the podcast and, but, you know, just navigating intercultural relationships takes, whether that's on the friendship level or, but especially on the like intimate, you know, like romantic level, it takes skill and like work and navigation that people, I think often people don't understand No, that goes into that. If you're truly going to have like a healthy, honest, fully known, e equal relationship, I mean, from two people that are coming from very very different backgrounds and different cultures. I think people love in this country to gloss over. I mean, this is probably again, mostly white folks, but to kind of gloss over, well, we're all American. We're all American. That There's that narrative, right? Well, we're all, we're just this big melting pot. Mm -hmm. No, no. Like we, yes, we're all American. And that gives us some similarities and gives us some commonalities maybe, yeah. but there's still a huge you know, difference in experiences and, and cultures and food. And, um, you know, when I mentioned to you before this, this iceberg concept of culture, right. We're at the, the, it's like this iceberg where the, the tip that's showing is like food, music, dance, um, 
clothing, but underneath that, there's all these other differences in ways people are raised to think about things. And I think as a mixed race person, (laughs) like, I think I can relate to you on some level in saying being a mixed race person has been hard as hell, mm-hmm. right? In a lot of ways, like we've talked about the the fluffy, you know, <laughs> oh, people fetishize you, which isn't a good thing either, you know, but like I've had to navigate multiple cultures in my own home mm-hmm. from the day I was born, right? I'm not just dealing with going out there into the world and dealing with people who don't understand me or people that are, but I'm dealing with that in my own family, in my own home. But I'm starting to realize at almost 40 that that's giving, given me a skill set. Yes, it's brought some baggage and some frustrations, but it's also given me a certain skills set of skills that I don't think. I mean, there's actually studies coming out now yeah. about multiracial folks and how we have to develop like different skills. So because of being mixed race. And so anyways, that's a long spiel. But as I'm hearing you talk about being in this relationship with your wife, um, I and how it's like challenged you and and grown you. And like as someone who had parents in an intercultural, interracial relationship and as someone who's navigated a ton of those, you know, myself, it's like, yeah, Yeah. like I get that on – to some degree, I'm not saying I know your relationship with your wife, but no, you know I'm what I'm saying. Yeah. I get that to some degree on a like visceral level. Yeah, and I, I um I don't want to say I worry, but I'm real curious about how my son's life is going to turn out. Mm, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm almost like observing. Yeah, you know, and I do things. Um, I'll say this real quick. Like, there's a lot of images of black men around the house. And yeah. that's very much on purpose. Yeah. And because I'm like, somebody might say, like, were you trying to steer him that way? I'm like, mm, not necessarily, um, because he's going to get so much of the white image just in society. Right. It's just going to be right. there. Right. So I want to make sure that he, as much as I can, feed him both. Right. And it's well, almost like I'm conducting an experiment where I'm like, I want to see where he lands because he's going to be well, his own person. And reality is that your child, I mean, depending on what he looks like physically, phenotypically, obviously, but, yeah. but most likely, right? Like the, the whole legacy of the one drop rule is still very much alive and well today in society for black folks. And, right. And so even if he's, so one drop rule, it was um, during the time, well, like of enslavement of black folks onward, right? All the way through Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the this rule that like, quote unquote, if you have like a drop of black blood, then you're considered black. Okay. Right. And it was it, that was created during the times of enslavement of, of African folks to bolster um you know, to, 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 for white folks to be able to put more black folks in the the category of like to keep them enslaved, yeah, right? Like, so white men are raping black women, 
And then, the, you know, there's a mixed race child. Well, that child is considered black because one the one drop rule and therefore that child becomes part of the enslaved, you know, population, yeah. too. Does that make sense? So uh, it like absolutely. benefited white white supremacy. Right? right. But that that lingers today. Right. That like and I think that's for pretty much all people of color. Right. Like uh, to some degree. Right. Like I can identify as Asian American, but for me to try to identify as white only would be like, mm, not so much. Right. right but right. I think that's even stronger th for black folks because of that history of the one drop rule. So, right. yeah. So even though he's mixed, it's like society is most likely unless phenotypically he looks very not black right? right but society is most likely going to relate to him as a black man yeah right regardless and so it makes sense that yeah you want to give him like those racial mirrors and you want to give him those images right to like look up to right yeah so um yeah we're just real me and her are real conscious of that and make sure we we feed him um a balance um, and by a balance, I mean every black. There's the only black people in the house except for her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Amy. <laughs> because there is no balance. You know what I mean? Right. It's because never going to be. Like you said, he's going to get everything. All the white images. He white Jesus and white yeah. superheroes and white everything. Speaking right? of, there's a uh, we had a white white we had a white Superman pillow. We had a Superman pillow. <laughs> in his you crib <laughs> and Amy did this she took it out she's like I don't want him going to bed every night looking at white Superman yeah hey that's awesome yeah that's her that's her this, doing that <laughs> this is a little bit of a um a bunny trail again I know we've already reached our quota of bunny trails for this podcast but yeah. uh but last night I actually stayed up early this morning to an ungodly hour um, because I saw on Facebook last night that there's this new um, Netflix series that oh, is... Which one is it? Well, it's called Shadow, oh, but okay. it's, it's based in South Africa. And so I kind of like, I was like, what? Because, you know, I, like I've mentioned before, I lived there for about a year and a half. I still love, like I love, you know, listening to Trevor Noah because he's from South Africa. Like there's just all these references that I get from having lived there. It's so I, zebra, you know, I don't... not zebra. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how did you know that? That's awesome. <laughs> I love Trevor Noah. <laughs> oh, from Trevor. Okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you say... Um... Yeah, Zed Africa. Zed, I don't know. There's a, anyways, whatever. Yeah. I'm getting off on another running <laughs> trip. But anyway, so last night I decided to check out this, um, this, um, this Netflix series. And I like freaking lost my mind. It's like a crime show slash thriller slash kind of a black superhero, but he's not superhero in that he has like magical skills really yeah. but he, he just is like the super awesome person he's actually like an ex-cop who goes like vigilante and is still like doing good things for mankind but anyways but it was just super cool to see yeah it was like black men rescuing other people and yeah. i was like 
oh my gosh, we need more of this. It was kind of almost like Black Black Panther-ish, yeah. like the movie. Not, I don't want to compare them, but kind of along that lines of like seeing right like black heroes on the screen and there were just a lot of really cool elements in it yeah in this i watched like six episodes last night wow I was like four i know but i'm like i don't ever i almost never get to see, see shows from south africa so there were all these references that i was just like dying over it just like brought back so many good memories and references that i got that i was like i understood that <laughs> yeah um so anyways but yes um so let me ask you yeah, this um, yeah let me ask you this and then we can wrap up here um do you see have you seen the trailer first for uh it's a netflix movie i think called someone great no okay. i have not look that up when you get a second and me and my wife talked about this for like a half an hour last night Someone Great stars a Hispanic woman, I believe, okay. uh, her best friend, a black woman, and the second-tier friend, a white woman. Okay. And okay. it was hilarious because we're, me and her, we've been talking about this for a while now. We see these trends now, mainly on Netflix, but you start to see it kind of in, in other media, where, like, especially with romantic comedies, they're, like, redoing all the romantic comedy stories ever done now with ethnic people. Right. Yeah. Like it's yes, it's gaining traction. It's this thing that we keep seeing, and we're like, yeah, that's funny because like ten years ago, at best, the main lead, um, if she was a woman of color, her love interest would be a white dude. Right. Right. But her love interest is a black dude, and the white person in this film is like, kind of like not really there like she's there but, she, but like a site a sub character kind super of sub character yeah which always like, would have been relegated to the person of color that that would have been the person of color's role the sidekick right the sidekick role yeah but like the girl's best friend is the black girl and we're like so the two main leads are the, these two women, women of, of color. color yeah right yeah, and then yeah, the white yeah. girl is like kind of the third or the second yeah. tier or whatever and so we notice that a lot, and we see that, and we we always comment on it and, and think it's funny, um, or yeah, that's not awesome. ha ha funny, but you know, interesting. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I want to ask you one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. What do you think about the movie? And I don't know if you've seen it, Crazy Rich Asians. You know what? I have not even seen it yet. Does the what does the title does that do anything to you? I mean, I've read a lot of, like, commentary. Well, no, I wouldn't say a lot. I've read some commentary about it. I'm always, like, six months to two years behind on my, like, movie consumption. Like, mm -hmm. I just watched Black Klansman the other day. Like, I, I don't know. Seen it. I, I get into, like, reading articles and watching documentaries, and I forget to watch, like, movies sometimes. Or yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to focus. So, anyways, but... I guess I'm asking, I mean, is heard, it offensive crazy rich asians the title it's like that thing that i hate personally where it's like if you have a black movie about something it's typically like i hate i know like black panther yeah like really 
Like it feels too. Could just be Panther. Like you know what I mean? Black oh, Panther. I got you. Crazy I got Rich you, Asians. Why can't it be Crazy Rich? Their last name. You know, like I I just don't know anybody from the Asian community, and so I'm like, how do you guys feel about that? Like, is that does that piss you off? Is are you proud of it? You know, like I mean, what is it like? Most of the feedback. I mean, it's not specifically about the title, but okay. most of the feedback I've heard has been generally good. But I it's heard been it's a along good movie. the lines. It's been along the lines of like, yes, some damn representation, right? Like a movie, kind of like what Black Panther did. So it's a proud thing for. Yeah, like okay. this is a cast of like mostly Asian folks, which almost never happens, and this actually. I don't even know how it did in the box office, fairly well. And, and like casting, you know, we've talked about like the um, emasculation of Asian men, like casting Asian men as like figures of desire. And so like those kind of wins, not to say that all the feedback I've heard has been good. Like I've heard of some anti-blackness <laughs> issues in crazy rich Asians. Ah, which you said Again, does exist. What's that? I said what you said does exist. Which does exist, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't heard any any feedback specifically on the title, and I guess that doesn't. To me, it doesn't necessarily seem like a problem to me. I okay. mean, I haven't seen the movie yet, okay. like I said, but um, yeah. I was just personally curious about that. That's all. But sometimes those kind of titles do irritate me depending on what it is like i remember one. this is not quite the same i guess but i remember one called the grace card <laughs> it was some this was a long time ago like some super cheesy religious movie you know that obviously the title was a play on the race card but it was the grace card and i was just like why the fuck do you have to do no that's too much like yeah, that's, that's too much that's so um but i want to just make another comment too before we wrap up here, yeah, go ahead. Um, that I kind of we we went past it, um, but just you know the whole like you talking about that internal struggle with your uh, about you know being with your wife or girlfriend or whatever she was at the time because she's white. Like I've seen that in a lot of I think especially activist circles and I use the term activist like loosely just people that care a lot about anti-racism work it's yeah I've seen people that don't want to partner with a white person I mean there's a lot of reasons that can go into that right like some of it might be the just navigating the inter intercultural issues or not being on the same page as far as issues of race but i think some of it is feeling like they're gonna their work will be discredited right oh, if, no. or somewhat yeah. discredited if people find out they're with a white partner and and that does happen you know and so i think you know we've talked about over the course of these last couple you know podcasts and we've talked about some of the funky ways people can be coming at um interracial relationships, whether you're white or you're a person of color, you know, we've talked about the fetishes, we've talked about a lot of different things. And so, I, but I think, you know, my personal, <laughs> I guess, I don't know what you want to call it, but my personal thoughts or it's just as long as those funky things aren't there, the fetishizing and the 
all of that, you know, at the end of the day, like, yeah. Love is hard enough, like a healthy, awesome relationship. <laughs> right, it's hard enough as it is. It's <laughs> fucking hard enough to find. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if that person ends up being whoever, whatever race or whatever gender or whatever sexual orientation or what, like, you know, yeah, like be with that person. You know, again, as long as that funky stuff isn't isn't there, it's just like I don't I don't, you know, be with who you want to be with, because, you know, I've thought about this in relation to my own life as a white Chinese person, you know, depending on who I end up partnering with, if I ever find someone, <laughs> that's, a, that's an if, but, you know, I'm going to get sideways looks. It, it, you're you know, get it if I, yeah, it's just gonna happen. I, but I can't make my life. I can't, you know, they're either going to be judging him. Oh, you want to be with like a light girl or you want to be with a mixed girl. Or you want or they're going to be judging me, you know, like for, um, you know, who I'm with. And so it's just like at the end of the day, I think we got to do our inner work to make sure that we're not coming from some funky place. And then you know, be with who you want to be with, because like I said, it's hard enough to find, I think, an awesome relationship and, you know, yeah. so just do you, I guess, <laughs> to be super cliche about it. Um, yeah. And I also kind of related with what you were saying, like, I get all kinds of weird looks being having majored in what I majored in. You know, I majored in African-American and African studies as a Asian mixed race woman, right? Asian and white woman. And, you know, I get people looking at me sideways, not knowing where I'm coming from. Like, no. am I just studying black people as some sort of weird, you know, intellectual fetish kind of thing? You know, like, oh, I just like studying you all, but I don't really care about issues that impact um, black people's lives or, or, do I have a fetish for black men or do I, you know, like I get people that ask me these questions, like, why are you doing what you're doing? And so I guess I've kind of come to expect that, you know, and just be like, well, you know, people, I, I'll, I'll either pass their test or I won't or whatever, but I can't waste all my energy you know what I'm saying? Like trying to prove myself to other people, like either it will become clear to you that, that I do have, you know, good intentions, or maybe you'll decide that I don't. And either way, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm just like, I'm going to focus on <laughs> doing my work and doing my inner work and doing the anti-racism work that I can and knowing who I am and, you know, not everybody's going to like you, no matter who you are. Yeah. Like, not everybody's going to like you. Not everyone is going to be cool with you. And so, it, you know, I just think, yeah. I feel like this I, I podcast resonated. Is, yeah, I feel like this podcast is like therapy. <laughs> <laughs> For us. <laughs> <laughs> like, are we doing the podcast or are we just, you know, uh, we got each other on the couch. You know, just, uh oh, did I get too therapeutic tell, tell for me, you? Tell me about your childhood. No, no, I'm 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 
making light of a very serious, you know, thing. Um, but I mean, we live we live in a society that has this crazy racial history, this horrific racial history, and that continues to play out, right? Yeah. Like that continues to play out. But I think at the end of the day, you know, like I don't know. For me, anyways, like you said, the older you get, the more you're just like, I'm not gonna be everybody's cup of tea. So right. why should I even try? Don't even try. You know, I'm just gonna do my thing. And if you like me, great. If you trust me, great. If you don't, you know, that's just that. It doesn't I don't love that, but that's just that's just how things are gonna go, you know. So anyways, okay. Therapy session over. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was a yeah, that's a good stopping point. Um a lot of a lot of good topics. I think this is really good. Um next week, I think I'm with another guest. Let me make sure. Um, that is the 17th, 16th. Yeah. 17th. Okay. So for all you that love Leah, um, she won't be with us next week, but she'll be back the week after that. Don't, don't (laughs) flip out. Okay. For all of you who hate her, you get a break. (laughs) See, not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. Be happy next week. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to, I think we're going to have a conversation with with an artist I work with. Um, uh, and we're going to talk about hip hop. Not in so much in the musical um, aspect, but more as the cultural and a cultural way. And I yeah. think that'll be that'll be interesting. That's an um, awesome topic. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, like I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, um, I, I tell everybody, you know, if you really if you're enjoying this podcast, we want to grow it. Um, please share it with your friends and family. You're welcome to repost anything we post. Um, I'm. I think you put it on your on your uh, Facebook, Leah. And, um, yeah. you know, just, just help us grow it if, if you can, so we can, um, become, you know, rich and famous and we can come to your city and talk to you. <laughs> so I can be a crazy rich agent. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yes, I win. <laughs> well, you just had that tucked away. <laughs> we just talked about it. Yeah, I know. I know. You're, you're, you're a quick All one. Right. <laughs> learn from the best oh shit (laughs) (laughs) all right well it's been fun yeah yeah as always always, i'll talk to you real soon (laughs) okay sounds great have a great weekend all right you too (laughs) bye okay so really enjoyed that podcast got to uh go ahead and uh unleash and unload some personal things about ourselves i'm gonna go ahead and send us off here with another playlist shuffle, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. Oh shit! Two for two. Fuji's Fuji La. We used to be number ten, now we permanent in one. In the battle, lost my finger. Mike became my arm, pistol nozzle, it's nasal. Blood becomes my form. Tell them, oh, be easy now. That's why cleft, see that flesh gets scorned Beats so bad, make you feel like you ain't wanting to be born, John and Tell your friends, stay that hell out of my lord Chicken George became dead, George stealing chickens from my form And that the dead kitchen If you're my theosis, then I'm bringing all hate to Cecilia Nobody shoot me, my body's made a hand grenade Girl bled to death while she was drunk and send the razor blade That sounds sick, maybe one day I'll ride the horror Black killer comes to the ghetto, Jackson Acura Stevie Wonder, see scrap baby